Tonight's episode is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Picture, if you will, three wolves of the swear variety discussing movies. Submitted for your approval this week, they discuss not the films themselves, but the music therein. Music in the key of H. H for horror. Now, let me hear that beat drop. the Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And this week on WLVS Radio, we're going to discuss <laughs> the music of horror movies. That's right. We are not discussing film specific films this week. We oh, are, we might. Well, but I mean, we're not reviewing films. Oh, we're not reviewing films. Yeah, no, no breakdown. We no breakdown. are a podcast that as I say in the intro, we discuss all things horror, and we are going to discuss one of those things that is horror. And it's something that um, is near and dear to your guys' hearts. You guys are very much so music aficionados. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, appreciate well, I think you are too. And you're, I think, you're, just, I think you're discovering it. I'm, I'm getting there. And it's, it's primarily after you know hanging out with you guys and talking about movies so much, and as we you know, off mic, we still talk about the same shit we talk about on yeah. mic, which I don't know if people understand. Like when we aren't recording, we still talk about the same shit. I think there's been times where, where you've been kind of caught off guard or pleasantly surprised. Definitely. It's like, wow, I really like this music. Definitely. Like, you know, the first time I was hanging out with you guys and, and you started talking about Goblin, I was like, what the fuck is a Goblin? <laughs> What's a Goblin? <laughs> What's he Goblin? <laughs> goblin. You got me Goblin this. Oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then I was like, I'm going to search this out. Because I kind of just stood around while you guys were talking about it. I was yeah. like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah. And then I was like, quickly changed the subject to something I knew about. <laughs> You're like, I saw yeah. a Goblin once. We're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I got to go to the bathroom. Bye. Um, but then I, uh, searched it out and I was like, wow, this is really awesome. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely talk about them too. But here's the thing about me. If you guys haven't already noticed, like I'm really bad with names of things. Oh. And so like, I'm always like, yeah, those guys that did that song mm-hmm. in that one movie, yeah. that was cool. <laughs> Remember that one song? Yeah, it was good. Well, it's <laughs> a, uh, you know, music and movies, it's not always something at the forefront you know, we always think about like, oh, who's the actor? And then maybe secondary is like, who's the director? You know, like writer, writer, mm-hmm. you know, and it's always been kind of like a not even a secondary category. It's always been kind of like, you know, a third or fourth or fifth thing, like especially at award shows, music compositions never at the forefront. And I'm not saying it really should be, but, you know, it's always like 
well, writer, director, I think it should be. actor. Like, to me, it's it's so important. It oh, it's it's uh, it's such a key element. It can make or break a movie. Yeah, but well, I mean, ultimately, I think director is the forefront category, but music is definitely crucial. And I've learned this in like in you know in recent years too, more than before, where it's like, wow, like who did this music? Like I really want to know. And um, you know, I think Dave, you you kind of are the same way where it's like you you're oh, fascinated yeah. by who does the music like especially if it's really good mm-hmm. i'm always curious like wow who is this and i want to buy the soundtrack yeah, what, and what something. else have they done yeah well and i think like so there's two different categories of music in movies there's yeah. the soundtrack yeah and there's the score and i think all too often people think about movies as being oh what was that that song from the soundtrack and when you talk about like tarantino film for example mm-hmm. um he's very good at picking songs pre-existing songs to fit into mm-hmm. scenes or write scenes based around those songs and that would be a soundtrack right to the movie right like right. the music that plays the modern music or sometimes older older songs right. you know you got a temptation songs or, or yeah. a fucking uh, they're very suited for a specific scene whereas a score accompanies a score is more of like the mood the, the person, the composer, is watching the scene and is writing the song mm-hmm. based on what's happening in the scene. But to that point, Alan and and David, you guys kind of mentioned that that it is important because it fills the scene. But I don't think a lot of people notice it until it's not there. And I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. Um, I used to work at an office where we were all in cubes, and they would pump in white noise. And white noise is basically, it sounds like a fan blowing. And after you're in the office for a long time, you don't even notice that it's there. But what it does is it helps dull the surroundings. Dampens so there's no no echoes. There's no echoes. And you can't really hear people when they're conversing at their desks, even though it's a wide open place. Yeah. You'd have to be really close. One day we're in the office and it shut down. The white noise shut down. Did you guys all murder each other? (laughs) It was chaos, dogs and cats. (laughs) It can, um, it's also kind of ambient too. Yeah. It is ambient, but you don't notice it's there until it's until gone. Until it's gone. Mm-hmm. And when it was gone, I mean, you could fucking hear a pin drop. Yeah. And everybody's like, what? And nobody realized what it was at first. They were yeah. like, something's off. Mm-hmm. So with a score of a film, any film, but specifically horror, it acts as like a, a character. Right. Right. And... Um, it acts as a character, it acts as dialogue, it acts as, uh, it's a mood, Yeah, it's an ambience, but if it's not there, you're like, something's off. Yeah. Something's not right about this, and you don't know what it is until you figure it out. And yeah. you're like, oh, there's no fucking music playing right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's it's very important, and it's more important than I think people give it credit for, but it's also sometimes playing underneath things that are happening, so you're not mm-hmm. paying yeah, it's kind of subliminal, of and it's telling you what what you should be feeling. Yeah. Like, hey, you should this you should be feeling tension. Uh, yep. You should be feeling relief. And I think a good score does that without bringing too much attention to yeah. itself. However, there are certain songs that we all know that are very famous. Yeah. Um. You know, we could go to uh, well, and there's also composers. John Williams. Right. I'll mm-hmm. throw that out there. He's probably one of the better known composers of film. Um. In in the world, oh, yeah. I would yeah. imagine, but he did uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, any Spielberg, any mm-hmm. George Lucas Jaws. film. He's done Jaws was like one of the most famous ones. And when you hear that music, like still to this yeah. day, if somebody's talking about they're in a pool and they're playing like yeah, Shark yeah. Attack yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 
that elicits that fear. And it's just that, what is that, a cello? Yeah, or I think a, so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just a cello. It's, a, it's just strings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, and that's that know, gives you that, that builds that fear. Psycho is another good one, yeah. right? Yeah, where um, it becomes part of pop culture. Yeah, you take a yeah. shower and you rip the curtain. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Yeah. <laughs> Those two, especially Jaws, but also Psycho, like, you know, if you don't watch horror movies, you still know what it's from. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like kids playing. Even yeah. my kids, and my kids have seen Jaws, but even kids that haven't seen Jaws will be like, da na. Yeah, that's just a shark because thing. they hear it. It's yeah. a it's a pop culture shark music. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to imagine when that baby shark. Dude. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> what have we done? When that movie came out, I could just imagine um, audiences. You know, it's it's suspenseful enough that there's a shark in the water and it's killing mm-hmm, people. It's ominous. But when you add that music to it, I think it just heightens the fear. Well, yeah, and then there's other scenes within that movie, and I love this film. But and, and I don't think that film would be the same without without it. No. There's no way. There was a lot of shit that went wrong when they filmed that movie. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. a lot of happy accidents, I believe. Yeah. Like the shark not being... Not working, so they couldn't, so they couldn't show it very much, and that right. just added to the tension. Or it looks so fake that they were like, we're not showing this. <laughs> yeah. um, but the other thing, too, is like, there's other scenes where like they're on the beach and they're having a good time and that music is playing and it's like dun, 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 yeah. dun, and it's like wow or when they're going out in the orca and you're like they're on a it's fucking tr- it's like triumphant yeah exciting <laughs> like, oh yeah there's there's definitely some upbeat moments yeah, yeah and so that that stuff gets lost but then when it when it's that happy upbeat like adventurous type music and then all of a sudden it's like dun-dun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. Or, like or there's some changing. scenes where it kind of slows and down when, a little or bit. Or like when too. Quint's telling the story about the USS yes. Indianapolis and it's like real quiet, subdued, yep. yeah. like sad kind of music. And yep. to me, a that's, lot of tension. that's the scene of the movie. But oh, the, that's the best scene of the best movie. Scene of the movie. Absolutely. Like the music uh, that's probably, especially adds mm-hmm. to it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the best scene of that movie. That might be the best scene of all movies ever made. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's up there. Quint's, it's up there for sure. Quint's monologue is. Uh, is probably one it's of my fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what you're doing. Like, if that scene is on TV, you stop what you're doing. And you're listening. <laughs> that <laughs> last, the last half hour of that movie is one of those things where I'm flipping through the channel and I'm like, yeah. oh, Jaws, yeah. and Jaws being one go. of my favorite movies. It's like that last half hour. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna sit down and watch the rest of this movie. I was talking to someone. Uh, it's it's like that with Goodfellas too. If it's on TV, you just stop mm-hmm. and watch it. Yeah, there's there's certain <laughs> movies that you have to. It's yeah. sad that like a movie like Jaws. I think would have a hard time even being made nowadays because it takes, you know, we, we learn all the characters, they're all nuanced and like nothing really happens. I mean, you get the opening like shark death, but like there's a lot of character building. Oh yeah. A lot of waiting. There is. Like nowadays, like everybody wants like, just show me more shark eating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's got to have more gore. I think it and, still holds up though. Oh, absolutely. oh it definitely holds up. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, like I, I, I've never read the book, mm-hmm. but uh, I was either watching something or reading something and it was discussing the differences between the book mm-hmm. and the movie and there's like a shit ton of differences <laughs> like in the in the book i believe the um it's not so much about the shark well yeah but brody's wife cheats on him with um uh with richard dreyfus oh my god hooper yeah hooper so yeah, so Richard Dreyfus ends up fucking Chief Brody's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it after they had that wine? Uh, probably. He brings over the wine. She's like, yeah, so I'm. Good. So was Dreyfus on set, and he's like, "All right, so we're doing this by the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> I get to bang this chick, right? <laughs> well, they changed so much of it, but uh, yeah. And I think I think Hooper dies in the book. 
Hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I've never read it, but I think he dies. In they the probably book. negotiated. It's like, all right, Dreyfus, this isn't by the book, but you get to live. Okay. Okay. You don't get to fuck we'll Chief Brody's wife, but you But do. you live. <laughs> do live. <laughs> so yeah, Jaws is probably one of the most famous ones that I can remember as a kid. Yeah. Like really like affect affecting me not in a negative way but just having that in my oh head. yeah like that and it never leaves and psycho we mentioned right. psycho yeah. also yeah. like the nee, nee. i was scared to take showers <laughs> uh, yeah like i would keep the shower curtain open <laughs> like yeah. while i was in the shower yeah yeah dave did you have any early favorites uh early like something like that like, like hit first you. noticed like the music john carpenter's the thing yes was one that don't don't like that that boom boom yeah that, that pulse you sent me something last night. Oh yeah, they're re-releasing, they're re-releasing um, the, thing? the thing on wow. vinyl, yeah. which it's been out of print for a while. And that's uh, that's Anil Morricone. That's Morricone, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so so that was a thing that I didn't really un- understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought John Carpenter did the score to all of his films, but this uh-huh. was one film that he did not. Correct. He did not, and I can't remember the circumstances why. I think it was, I think it was because the movie was just, and I think he was just busy. Like he it had, was, he had too many things going on. It was such a big production for him. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, though. It's very John Carpenter-esque. It is. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And you know, so it, did he have something to do with it? Like, no, at, at all. I think no. he had some input. Like, I think he kind of told Morricone, "Here's kind of what I'm going for," yeah. and kind of handed it off and let him run with it. But ultimately, like Morricone is one of those guys. He like he he's been around for. He's still doing movies. What he's been around movies, for decades. What movies has he done other than the thing? Well, he's done a lot of Italian movies. Yeah, a lot of spaghetti okay. westerns. But, um, yeah, dramas. He won. He won an Oscar for for the uh, Hateful Eight. For the Hateful Eight. Oh, he did the score for that. He did the yep. score for that. That was a, that was an awesome score. Yeah. Now there's a and I think there were some pieces from the thing that he used in the Hateful yes. Eight. Yep. Now there's a movie, a Tarantino movie that has mostly score because mm-hmm. I think that maybe there's one song that plays. Yeah. Right. Because uh, it's a period piece, right. it is so period he's not going to have a lot of like you know fifties and sixties rock and roll and that sort of thing in it, you know, <laughs> or none, or yeah. So I mean, it just wouldn't fit. But uh, well, Tarantino's been known to like fudge yeah. history. Oh, every oh, oh yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But uh, he also did um, he did a lot of Italian films, but I can't remember what he did that would also be well known but um but the thing is but the thing we'll is talk about that is probably his most well known especially horror film right yep. yeah and i think i think he nailed it like it's like honestly that score is like super i mean it's so haunting there's so much mood and tension and as great as carpenter is and it's slow i don't know if carpenter could have done any better than what morricone produced yeah. like Agreed. it's just perfect because I, when you watch the thing and then you hear like dun 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 dun. I read somewhere that it was like there's a description, like some like the way somebody described, it, I can't remember who, but they were saying what he did was he replicated the heartbeat of a human. Mm-hmm. And then um then when the music changes, it's the thing adapting yeah. to the cells or something. And that then makes sense. Yeah, kind of introducing like a foreign element. And then the beat returns. But it's not quite the same. Like it, it's right. It's got a little bit of um, delay on it. So yeah. Then it's like dun 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 dun. Yeah. So dun, it's dun, not dun, human. It's yeah. it's and it's it's fucking genius it's awesome. if you ask me. Yep. So that that's an early favorite of mine too. Yeah. And we were talking about how music kind of sets the mood. Like to me, that mu- that music also says like this is desolate. Uh, it's cold. Like mm-hmm. you can almost like feel 
the temperature of the music, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally. It sets the it sets the scene. Yep. It's uh, it's another aspect. So there's visual uh, in film. There's obviously sound. Yeah. Um, and this is part of the sound, but it's a different. It's like another character. And it has yep. it has such an element of like I don't know if despair is the right word. Yeah, like hope, desolation, hope, hopelessness. Yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, like you're doomed. Yeah. yeah. It has like a doom kind of sound. They're too. isolated. They're they're the characters in this are isolated. They're they're doomed. They're paranoid. <laughs> they're paranoid. Yeah. It's a I mean, it's just an all around great film. It's, so, and, I mean, and the like, Hateful Eight was partially inspired by the thing too. Well, that's another thing. Yeah, the Hateful Eight, I mean, besides That's the fact why he wanted Morricone to come in and do the, some of those pieces. That there's no alien. I mean, but there is somebody that they're searching for. They're like somebody here is not who they say they right. are. Right. Yep. And we're going to find out who the fuck it is. We're going to find out who's the thing. Yep. So everybody put your blood we, in We here. even got Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, we even yeah. got Kurt Russell. There you go. Uh, uh, he does great in the movie. He's, I got to watch that good. movie. That's again. a good movie. It's yeah. a long movie. It's, yeah. And I remember I saw it. Uh, I didn't. I don't. I'm trying to remember if I saw the 35 millimeter print version because they were touring with mm-hmm. that. Tarantino does like tours with his yeah. films on 35 millimeter. I don't think I did. Um, but I saw it at home, and then I saw it um, in the theater. I don't know. I must have got an early copy of it somehow. <laughs> somebody yeah, I didn't see it till somebody. it was out on uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. No, it's a great movie. Um, but back to horror movies. Some of my other early memories are, uh, obviously, I, I'm a child of the 80s. Yeah. You know, um, that's where I spent a majority of my childhood. And um, <laughs> the... Uh, the movies that I remember watching, of course, and I always talk about this, was Friday the 13th. And I have grown more appreciative of that music um, in in later years. But I really think the score to the Friday the 13th films, especially those early scores, mm-hmm. were some of the best yeah. Uh, yeah. horror scores. Uh, and Friday the 13th Part 3 has the disco <laughs> the intro. Disco theme. And I love it. I love it more and more every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah, that theme is awesome. We'll uh, we'll 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 stitch that in here. <laughs> you know so, that so you can hear it. That disco sound has it's more commonplace in horror than people would think. Like uh, Goblin has a kind of a disco sound in some of their tracks. Very synth heavy. Mm-hmm. It's very, very like synth, yeah, but it's got that and it has a line. It has a beat to it too. Yep. Yeah, and and it's not like you know, it's not like typical disco music, but it kind of has like a dark element to it. And I've always thought it sounded great. Like every time I hear that kind of disco kind of sound in horror movies, especially European stuff, like I I never dislike it. I always think it sounds great. No, it's yeah. easy to tap your foot to, and I'll listen to. And this is uh, Harry Menfordini. Yeah, yeah, who did the score for these Friday Thirteenth? Did books. like what one through eight? Uh yeah, he Something did one like through eight. Right? He also did um he also did Friday the thirteenth the game. Now I don't know if he did any original stuff for it, but the the game that's out for right. PlayStation, Xbox, and uh, Nintendo Switch, um, the music in there is all his music as that's well. That's pretty uncommon for I mean for a series that long to have like the same composer for essentially every film and different songs. Yeah, like he'll revisit some some themes. Obviously the that stuff is in there, but. Uh, which was in the first film, but the um, all the all yeah, the tracks are original. The, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's not, not the same stuff over and over it. again. Yeah. Yep. No, and they reused they reused some of those Friday Thirteenth scores in uh, 
Slaughter High. <laughs> <laughs> so from part three, this this disco track. Yeah. Um, is it credited to a group called Hot Ice? Is that the one? I don't think I'm so. I'm not sure. Because it says the film's music was composed by Manfredini. And then there was a disco theme that was included in the film. And it was co-written by Manfredini and Michael Zager. And they shared the credit with a fictional band called Hot Ice. And it's funny, that, like a little bit of trivia is that theme became popular at disco and gay clubs at the time. Nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. That is awesome. But it's it's a great dancing. track. Oh, I'll have the soundtrack to part three. Part three is, if I haven't said this a million times already, part three is like my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I can I can say that now. I was always saying, ah, it's up there. It's now my favorite film of the series. Yeah. At this moment in time when we're recording this. <laughs> hey, like but, next week it'll be different. Um but that soundtrack is also my favorite. And I'll put yeah. that on, like, if I'm at work and I do a lot of reports. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting at my desk looking at fucking Excel spreadsheets for hours on end. And I'll put that soundtrack on and it just helps me concentrate. And I'll be sitting there, like, typing away, like, grooving. Yeah. <laughs> fucking disco dancing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. shaking. Good thing this isn't a yeah. visual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> one, one early favorite that I had, and, and I, I, I share the thing with David because I remember that one early on, too. But... Um, Night of the Living Dead, 1990, the Tom Savini directed remake. Yeah. Who did the score for that? So it was, it was various artists that did the score. I don't think it was just one guy, but the track that stands out to me, it's at the end credits. And, and again, I, okay. Yeah. Do you remember that? Well, I, I don't remember it. I do not, but I did listen to it because you, um, you sent me a message saying hey check out this song basically and i did and it's a really good it's a really good track so let's listen to part of it yeah let's listen to part of it right now okay I think what's one of the coolest parts about this song for me yeah. is the, and we were having a discussion while we were listening to it, <laughs> if it's guitar or whether it's a synth. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's fucking awesome. It sounds really cool. <laughs> I think it's synth. Dave, I, I think you, you thought to, it was a synth. I could hear both, but um, and it might even be both. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably a synth. But there's so many layers to it. And... You know, but then I'm, there's that under there's that under there's beat, that, right? Yeah, that dun, 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 dun. and it's and it, and the way it accompanies. What was the name of the composer again? Oh, Paul McCullough. And it it's it it just stayed with me. I was like, man, it's such a great song. Like it's such a great piece. Yeah, but the, then the beat underneath it almost reminds me of like kind of like carnival music. Yeah, and, and then on top of it, yeah. almost like a video game kind, yeah. of, kind of sound. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I really dig that song too. And, yeah. and like I said, I had never heard it. Um, full disclosure, I've never seen that remake of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, it's I like it. It's a personal favorite. That was when I was at Zia the other day and it was in my hand. <laughs> the DVD was in my hand and I didn't buy it. I it's I a great have. it's a great remake. I should have because I never see it for sale. No, yeah. and the Blu-ray's out of print. Yeah. Well this was the as DVD, as so 
book. Yeah, they need to. <laughs> Probably not there anymore. <laughs> I think, yeah, Twilight Time did the Blu-ray, and it, that one's out of print, but I think Sony's going to re-release it. Are they? Cool. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, that Tony Todd and Patricia Tallman. And Tom um, Savini uh, directing. Yeah. Bill Mosley's in it, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good cast. Yeah. Um. So that's that's like an '80s favorite for yours. '80s yeah. favorite. Yeah, that mine. one came out '90, but it's definitely it did, but it's, it's definitely yeah. It has it was that, made in the '80s, right? Yeah, it has probably. that '80s sound for sure. Yeah. Um, and so what you you would mention the thing earlier. What what are some of the other ones that you like from from your childhood, um, or, or even as you grew into an adult? Like, what are some longtime favorites? I mentioned. Uh, when we talked about Halloween 3, that that was the first Halloween movie that I yeah. saw. So I saw that even before the original. Now, obviously, the original's music is fantastic. Yeah, um, I want to get to... Let, we'll talk about that one in a second. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. But the score uh, for part three was like the first like John Carpenter Halloween music I had ever heard. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a track called Chariot of Pumpkins mm. that's really cool. And it's one of the... It's like in the opening scene of the movie. I think I even talked about the music that plays in this scene when we talked about Halloween 3. Um, I'll play a clip of it here, but it just does a really good job of setting the mood. It's got like a great beat, so it's uh, up-tempo, um, but still kind of creepy at the same time. So definitely a throwback of sorts to the original theme music, but this is in a 4-4 time signature, so a slight variation because the original uh, theme music is in a 5-4 time signature. It's fast. Well, it's right? not even a speed thing, so that means that... <laughs> I don't know what that means. Each measure has five beats, and mm-hmm. each beat is a quarter note. So that's why, like, Halloween, it just sounds weird. So, like, when you count it, it's one, two, three, yeah. four, five, one, two. Most songs, like, are in 4-4, are in four, four. so, like, when you're counting, yeah. when you tap your foot... It's like one, two, three, four. This five, one is six, like one, seven, two, three, eight. four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, right? Five. One, so, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. So dun 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 It's you might it's as well awesome. be speaking it's, Greek it's, to me, yeah. but it's, it is it's, awesome. It's my favorite time signature. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, no, that, that It's such a mood setter. That we were just talking about it, um, but as we were listening to it, it's a it's a revision of the original Halloween, mm-hmm. which I, uh, Michael Myers theme song, right? Ever, but it's um, the one that David was just doing. But it's done. It's done also faster, yep. and it's done in a different key. Yep, and it's 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 different. Yeah, it's yeah. a variation but it's, of it. I like inspired it. by. It's very cool, and it's also like got that sci-fi element yeah. to it too. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, because Halloween three is like what I was just telling the guys is a, a sci-fi horror movie. Yeah, there's definitely a sci-fi element to it, and especially the score influences that too yes you can really hear it you know um i should also mention uh somebody who doesn't get enough love uh is uh, uh john carpenter has a frequent collaborator named alan howarth uh, oh yeah and, and he, he yeah that's they, right they work together on this score. that's right yeah he's a big part of it yeah um but halloween three man as time goes on it's like climbing the list of like my favorite I'm telling you like part threes of movies are good uh Friday Thirteenth Part Three, Halloween Three, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Three, Jaws Three D. <laughs> I was just about to say Jaws Three. Was like, hey guys, oh yeah, go, you, get, uh, get the hell out of here. There's a lot of good Part Threes out there for sure, but Halloween Three, as time goes on, and you know this movie, and we've talked about it before. This movie used to be so disrespected, but 
that score, not only is it a great movie, that's one of my favorite yeah. Carpenter scores. Yeah, Halloween 3 and the original Halloween are, are a couple of my favorite. Well, let's talk Carpenter about the scores. original yeah. uh, Halloween, unless there was something else no, that no. you wanted to mention. Well, we can stick with, let's go with Halloween and then okay. I can, yeah. I got one more. Because I wanted to talk about John Carpenter for a brief second. We've talked about him in the past in, in episodes, so we won't delve too far. Obviously, we love him as a filmmaker. We love him as a musician, um, composer. Um, he's got a couple albums out there of uh, that does like the best of John Carpenter, but there's also his, uh, well, there's the anthology, um, right? Is that yeah, what it's yeah, called? anthology. And then there's also the Lost Themes, which is music that was never in movies it's just like his original works yeah Yeah. and he's done two of those albums um did i read something recently that he's coming out with another one or no i don't know i hadn't heard i hope so i don't know that'd be cool i don't know either maybe i didn't read i know he's returning for the next halloween movie well that's cool um but the halloween here's here's a case where it goes back to what i was saying when the music's not there you notice it okay so when we see michael myers Da-na-na. Yeah, that oh, piano, yeah. that piano that just kicks in—it's just that, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it comes in soft. The yeah, and it's dun, 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 dun. and then when he's so he's not there. Jamie Lee Curtis is just walking along or whatever, and then all of a sudden we see him, and it's the. <laughs> it's like one of the best fucking feelings awesome. in the it, world when you hear and, that and, and you I said, see that. I said this before; it wouldn't be the same without it. No, oh, no. no, you know, it really, it really heightens. The senses. It's like, oh. Absolutely. If you, you just know. plugged just a generic film score into that movie, it's not uh, that movie is no longer a classic, yeah. in my opinion. Well, it also goes back to something we said in the Shocker episode. Shocker! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. When... Uh, rules are rules. Rules is rules. <laughs> when... Um, He's getting led from the cell to the electric chair, and there's Wait, no, no more, more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> um it could have really changed the tone of the movie had they put in a score there instead of a mm-hmm. fucking uh, remake of an Alice Cooper song. Um, although I like that song and I even like that version of that song. I thought it was really yeah, good. It's not bad. Um, it doesn't fit necessarily. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Res- Wes I, Craven's score would have been thinking. better. <laughs> yep. Obviously I was know. thinking. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> um, but if, if he would have put a score into different points in that movie, instead of having like that rock and roll, like shaka, shaka, <laughs> like you could have, you could have really made a different film. And I think like that really has a lot to do with how we perceive the movie. Yeah. Listening to that. Absolutely. Clown circus of a fucking <laughs> uh, <laughs> musical real, number. Real shit show. Yeah. <laughs> <movie. laughs> Um, so yeah, John Carpenter and all of his films, I mean, like they live, that's another one that, that score, Mm -hmm. like, first of all, there's more music in that than there is dialogue for the first 20 minutes of the movie. The music's so simple in that, uh, but it's effective, but it's like this, it's um, it's kind of bluesy. It's like very, uh, it's bluesy. It's like train train track yeah, it's like drifter music, music. <laughs> yeah it's true yeah no, that's what it is too yeah. right because roddy piper's i, I can dr- totally picture like a tumbleweed blowing by yeah you know? um, got a little harmonica yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's a great way to and it sets the stage yeah that's when you hear that music you're like okay this is what i imagine then when you watch the movie you're like oh that's exactly what i imagine mm-hmm. like yeah. like that i mean they live is one of my favorite john carpenter films anyway mm-hmm. uh, another sci-fi horror film um, and Roddy Piper was just, he was awesome too. Yeah. But, uh, 
the music in that I, I love it and like I said the, the script for that movie is probably about 50 pages long and the movie's like <laughs> yeah, 100 not a minutes whole lot of, not a whole lot of talking yeah. <laughs> no there's and there's uh, there's ad lib moments is there 11 too. minutes of fight, fight scene, scene? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes on and on yeah. it's awesome it's really good um, a, another personal favorite of mine is Prince of Darkness I don't think that score gets enough attention um yeah, there's, there's, I mean, we can go on and on about yeah. all the John Carpenter films. Like, yeah. basically, listen to them all. Yeah. yeah. But Prince of Darkness, yeah. It does have a really it, cool it was a, Yeah. It, it was also different, I think, in that movie, if I remember correctly. It has more guitars. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. he's very uh, keyboard. And that one was very dark, too, especially with the theme of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of my personal favorites. Um, one that I like that, and it's not John Carpenter, um, an early favorite, as far as like, remember being a kid, being like, this music is creepy. Uh, was Poltergeist, mm. uh, which is a Jerry Goldsmith score. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith also did uh, the score to Alien, which is a really good, uh, another great score. It sets uh, an awesome mood. Um, but a particular track from uh, from Poltergeist that I really like is one called Rebirth, and it's just very haunting. Uh, it has got it's got a big crescendo. It's just a really really cool track. So here's a little bit of that one. Yeah, that that song, that Jerry Goldsmith song, mm-hmm. um, that's a very big, like song. Like mm-hmm. it's very like full. It's very like there's a lot to like. I'm hearing a lot. Yeah, lots <laughs> yeah. of instruments. There's you know there's human voice in there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's just cool. That's a good one. Um, it it makes me think about like it sounds like something supernatural. Mm-hmm. And that's what I get out of that piece, and that that's why it fits with the film so well. It just sounds like supernatural wonder, like. You're discovering something that isn't of this earth. And that's what I get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a very it's 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 a very good, very yeah. good music. Like it's not it's not it. scary. It's not scary music, but it's very like still gives me chills though. It gives you chills. Yeah. Like it you're discovering something that has been unknown. Like you're discovering the unknown. It's it's very and poltergeist is a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> The the other one we talked about earlier was Psycho, and I think uh, that was Bernard Herman. Right. Yep. Um, and he collaborated, I think, with Alfred Hitchcock on some quite of the a, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, but uh, he also did music from the TV show Twilight Zone, mm. which I mean, I didn't know anything about the other stuff. Like, I was just looking stuff up over the past week or so, and obviously the Psycho one. But and there's not like a specific one that I that I recall, but I like listening to that music. I love the show twilight zone yeah um and i have an idea that i want to throw by you guys <laughs> but remind me of that later um but i love that show and i i like the music the music is like it's very like it's a it's a herman's music yeah it's like very delicate and you have it's very like leave it to beaver harp, like 50 uh, 60s yeah, and there's but harps there's and but there's some deep yeah undertone to it yeah so I don't know. I really like those the, yeah. those uh, particular tracks that he's done. Yeah. Herman's done. Herman's done amazing stuff. And one thing, uh, Psycho. Everybody knows the shower scene, but uh, the main like title music, the prelude music, is also awesome with the strings. Uh, 
just kind of driving the story and yeah. like just very very cool. Yeah. Um, another Herman score that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but it's fantastic. Has you ever heard the score to "The Day the Earth Stood Still"? Mm-mm. It's got theremins and stuff, so it's the epitome of like '50s science fiction mm. music. Yeah, <laughs> here I'll play. A, I'll play a clip. Uh, this one's called. Uh, this is called Panic. I mean, it's so typical like sci-fi music, yeah. but it's not that cheesy sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly. that like fucking the brain that wouldn't die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like good. It's still melodic, and there's yeah other instrumentation going on. Yeah, it's a cool track. The uh, you know we we talked about recently. Um, was it the Beyond that we yeah, talked yeah. about recently? Yeah, uh, and that's Frizzy. Yeah, Frizzy? Fabio Frizzy. Fabio Frizzy. Yeah, that soundtrack. You were caught off guard by it, weren't you? I was. Yeah. I was, uh, and how awesome that was. And I yeah. and I ordered that. You know, a lot of this stuff, you know, vinyl's making a big comeback, right? It has been for mm-hmm. a few, a few years, years now. now. Yeah. Um, in the collector's world. But, you know, Waxworks, um, Mondo. Death, Death Waltz. Yep. They sell a lot of these soundtracks, these scores yeah. on vinyl. And besides having the music, like, I, I can look up all these songs on, on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. But besides having the music, you also get like the artwork that goes along with it. And and I think that's part of the collector's mindset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got something you can hold in your hand and you can look at it while you're listening to the music. And, and Alan, you're a big physical media guy. Like you like having your Blu-rays and you like having your DVDs. Um, and as, as far as albums go, I know you used to have a big yeah, album I collection. Had a, I had a large collection. <laughs> but I um, had all the Goblin... Re- First presses. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but like I've, I've recently started to get into them. So obviously I got all the uh, Friday the 13th, uh, not all first pressings, but you know, some re-releases. The nice, the nice, uh, you know, represses for sure. Yeah. And uh, I ordered that beyond mm-hmm. one. I'm still waiting on it. I gotta, I gotta contact them actually to see what's going on yeah. with that because I know Shipping that usually it usually takes a while. Like, it does, but they got they sent me. Um, oh, they sent you a shipping confirmation. No, they sent me the other. I ordered two albums. Oh, and you got the other one, and I got the other one <laughs> right away. So I don't know if the other if one of them is kind of like on back order or they're waiting for the pressing, yeah, yeah. or whatever. You know, I mean, it, with an album, it takes a while. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they're you're ordering them to you're pre ordering them. I know that happened with our Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. Like we pre ordered oh, yeah, that yeah. like that back in September, <laughs> and we just got it like last month. Yeah. <laughs> I love vinyl, though. Um, I think we've probably talked about this in prior episodes, but I love the the physical piece. But then also, like you can't the skip, sound. so it, it it demands your attention. So right. you got to sit there and you got to listen to it. Like this day and age, everything's digital. Like if I hear five seconds of a song and I'm not into it, I'd be like, oh, next. Yeah. This kind of helps. You have to get into it. And sometimes a, a song may not reveal itself until yeah. you know several minutes in. You're like, oh, this is a great track. I'm glad yeah. I stuck around. Okay, so there were record players back in the day mm-hmm. that uh, scanned mm-hmm. the record looked for those 
spaces in between the tracks yeah. and you could skip. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You should see some of these and they're, and uh, some of them are, um, they're vertical record players. Right. And they have needles on both sides underneath. So, oh, so you, you can flip sides. So you can flip sides. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can play side one or side two. I, there's a good, I wish I remember this guy's name, but he's like this tech guy on YouTube. He, collects a lot of this old technology so old cd players old amplifier old whatever yeah and he does this a lot of these album things and it's just amazing to see and and you know because vinyl is making such a comeback like people want to go back and get some of these older um record players oh yeah so but it's like in the 80s they wanted to make everything so convenient (laughs) rather than just putting the needle on like you know in the 50s and 60s and 70s like it was just like whatever right um and even now you can buy a record player fucking at walmart yeah (laughs) exactly for you know 90 bucks or whatever and get get somewhat okay sound out of it like you don't have to buy the most expensive thing out there well they have ones now that have built-in speakers and everything so you don't even need like a preamp or anything like that right yeah right well, you got to let us know when you get that record, the Beyond. I will. I and, will. Because in the meantime, let's listen to a track. It's such a great track because it it op- the movie opens with that like it opens with a scene and we talked about the beyond it opens with a scene like in they're in New Orleans I oh, think yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a prelude the early yeah. 1900s and then you know they they kill this guy because they suspect he's a warlock opening a portal to hell and it opens a portal to hell and then there's this woman reading this ancient book and then like flames come out and then it has the title card and then it starts playing the music <laughs> And it's, and it's very like uh, it's got that. It's very kind of seventy. Like it's it's yeah. uh, it it's very, sounds it's, like old music. It's very seventies, very seventies. But it's got the, the 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 female like voice voices. It's not, it it kind of sounds like <laughs> like it sounds kind of medieval too. It 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 or sounds s- like somebody in the seventies might have wanted to try to make a medieval song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you got you a go. flute in there, and but, like it just sounds great. But it does set the mood. It does. And it's like this. Uh, I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but it almost sounds like a made-for-TV movie sound score. I was thinking it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was. I could picture like an eighties like soap opera almost. Yeah, but it's like, but not in a bad way. Yeah. No, no. But yeah. like that's the feeling I got from it. But I really like just that, that whole score in general. Like if you listen to it, but that that's like the main theme of the movie. And then it just like sets up this big thing. And I was telling the guys like, it almost gives me like that Rosemary's baby mm-hmm. type, which is another good score. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who did that one. I can't remember, but I do have it on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> the name escapes yeah. me though. Um, but, but it's such a good track. Yeah. But that, that uh, Fabio Frizi um, score is something that I really dig. He did another personal favorite of mine. He did the score and he collaborated with Fulci a lot. Um, he did Fulci's Zombie. Yeah. He did the theme for that, and it's it's one of my favorites. We'll play it right now.
so this is one of those tracks where, and, and we've said this a lot, like, you know, it really sets the mood about a lot of this music that we listen to, but this one especially, like, it sounds desolate almost. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everyone's dead. Yeah, yeah, very apocalyptic. And zombies are roaming, and then then it, it kind of picks up a little bit. And it, it to me, when I, when I listen to this theme from Zombie, AKA Zombie 2, because really quick, in, in Italy, <laughs> Dawn of Italy. the Dead was known as Zombie. So this is known in Italy as Zombie 2, but everywhere else it's known as Zombie. But um, it just sounds like you're in another world, like, and you're in the you're in the same world that you're in the same world that once was something more lively, and people were, you know, it was it was a society that once was, but now you're living yeah, the, in the aftermath. You're yeah, you're in the aftermath, and that's what I get from this music. It's like, you know, you're you're in that same world, but not quite. It's something different now, and it's just. It's a very. It sounds very lonely. Well, too. when we, we talk about Dawn of the Dead, which was zombie in Italy, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. is uh, Dawn of the Dead? Uh, that was Goblin, who right? Did that score, mm -hmm. yeah, and that is another good score. That's a really um, good score. Anything by Goblin, like that, I've listened to, I've really dug. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's just, a lot of cool stuff. It's just that uh, whole. And when I when I first heard you guys talking about Goblin, I thought it was like some kind of metal band or something. <laughs> it does sound very they, metal. They like, can, metal, yeah, Goblin, <laughs> they've metal done. Goblin. They've done some hard rock for sure. They're mostly a progressive rock band, but they've done some hard rock and they've done some, you know, some synth. Yeah, kind of sounds. It's it's uh their their music is definitely really good and and what was it that you saw them do live? Uh they did the score to Suspiria. Mm -hmm. Suspiria so, and they also do And then after uh, the and then after Demons. the movie then they did a bunch of other music and they played the theme from Demons which is also yeah. a really cool track. Yeah. And I didn't like the movie Demons. I made it known. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, but I would like us to play uh, the, the the song from Demons. Yeah, here we go. So that song, like, I, I, I love that song. Um, and that really gives me like this, like I want to break dance. I was gonna vibe. say, let's break out a piece of cardboard and <laughs> let's go out and get to the crazy. Street. Let's get uh, a crew. I, I don't want to like write a rap song to it. <laughs> like I have no ability to do that, but <laughs> but I feel like I should break dance. Yeah. Absolutely, let's do it. Yeah, be a b boy. <laughs> yeah, Claudio Simonetti uh, was kind of the mastermind behind Goblin. And he's the one who did the score. And he's for the Demons. one who did oh, that yeah, for yeah. Demons. So and and Goblin did like Suspiria. They did a lot of um Dario Argento stuff. Yeah, they collaborated with Argento a lot. Um but they've also done, you know, action films, they've done dramas, uh, but they're mostly famous for the yeah, horror known for the horror for stuff. the horror stuff. Yeah. Um and Claudio Simonetti was kind of that mastermind. Um Dave, you saw him with his group so it was, it was called Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. Right. I didn't get to go to that show. I saw just Goblin. Without so, Claudio Simonetti? Without Claudio Simonetti. So it's like the Temptations. It's like one person leaves, but they still call themselves the Temptations, yeah. and then the rest of everybody. Yeah. And now the Temptations, like all the yeah. four versions, no, none yeah. of the original people are in them. <laughs> but they, but the, the lineup I saw included uh, Massimo Morante and uh, Fabio Pignatelli, and they they were also very important for a lot of those Argento films. Yeah, and uh, they performed one of my favorites uh, from a, a 1975 film called Deep Red. 
uh, aka Profondo Rosso. Let's listen to it right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorite Goblin tracks, and they got some great ones too. But that, yeah, that one really, really cool. that one really stands out for me. Had a little bit of uh, like the Exorcist, yeah, a little bit kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Exorcist. That's another good score. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's weird though. The main theme, uh, Tubular Bells. Yeah, uh, was that Mike Oldfield? Um, it's from a different album. Like it wasn't composed specifically for that movie. But I love that but, song. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it adds so much. So there's where now we've discussed kind of the history of music and obviously yeah. you know where's mis- music going in films um we, you know more modern artists that we like yeah you know we were kind of talking uh, amongst ourselves uh, Danny Elfman kind of stands out mm-hmm. i think as one of the more modern especially more popular like when we talk about you know John Williams everybody knows who he is Danny Elfman yeah. is that yeah, way that as well he's in conversation yet for yeah. sure He's done so many collaborations with Tim Burton, but outside of even just Tim yeah, Burton. Starting out with Oingo Boingo and then going into film and yeah. Yeah, just just all around like And not just horror, just like The Simpsons. Yeah. I mean <laughs> oh, he does yeah. he does everything. Beetlejuice. Does, yeah. Yep. Comedies. Uh, um, although I will say this, when we we talked about a movie called The Frighteners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought the Elfman was like a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I remember you saying that. But I like Elfman and and I think sometimes he can get that way though. Like, yeah, yeah, I think that's where it's the a little much uh, of him. Uh, John <laughs> Williams is kind of the same way. It's like yeah. you know when it's a Danny Elfman song. Yeah. Very bombastic. <laughs> and it's um I like but I like it. Yeah. Um, it fits well, especially with a lot mm-hmm. of the early Tim Burton stuff that he oh, did, yeah. like the like Pee Wee's, Be- yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. or even Batman. Like, oh yeah, I, Batman, I liked that's it. Right. Um, Batman score is awesome. Yeah. So is Batman Returns. That score is very underrated. Now the opinion. soundtrack to Batman also is awesome. <laughs> the Prince one. <laughs> the Prince. <laughs> Party man. Don't fucking knock. Uh, Party man. Prince's bat dance. Bat dance. <laughs> that, movie, that song's fucking awesome. <laughs> This town needs an enema. <laughs> uh, oh, but also your boy, Trent Reznor. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, and kind of uh, similar to Danny Elfman, like somebody who started out as a rock musician, but has successfully mm-hmm. transitioned However, into film scores. I would venture to guess that Trent Reznor was a much more successful rock artist than Danny Elf than Oingo Boingo ever was. Like Oingo Boingo has like they got some good stuff. It's a dead man's party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weird science. And like o- Oingo Boingo's still definitely influential though. Oh yeah. 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 Do you know Danny Elfman is married to Bridget Fonda. Well and done, I did Mr. not Elfman. I did not realize that I until recently I was I was watching I was reading something and I was like, whatever happened to Bridget Fonda? I was reading something about Jackie Brown. And um this is what it was. I saw a video of the scene from Jackie Brown where De Niro kills Bridget Fonda. <laughs> That's a great scene. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but that movie's 20 lot. years old. <laughs> oh, that seems fantastic. And De Niro is such a, a dumbass in that movie. Yeah. Um, and she just is needling him and needling him and needling him. Lewis. Yeah. Where did we park the car, Lewis? Like, did we park it over <laughs> Shut there? The fuck up. <laughs> And finally, he just shoots her. And he's like, I told you, it was right here. <laughs> but um, great scene. But then I was like, whatever happened to Bridget Fonda? And uh, so I looked her up. Well, she took a step back 
from acting yeah. and she she married Danny Elfman. They have I think they have one or two children. Nice. And it's like she's just a regular chick now. She doesn't act anymore. That's which cool. she doesn't have to. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. More and power then poor tour. poor Danny Elfman, like he's got a hearing issue, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, he still he performs though. He's playing Coachella. Oh yeah, that's right. He is playing Coachella. Yeah. Like one of the only reasons to go see Coachella this year. Exactly. That and Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But he's got um whatever happens. Tonight is, Tonight is, is that what it is? Yeah. Mm. Some shit like that's that. A but every year they do the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. They perform oh, it live yeah. at the Hollywood Bowl, I believe. Um and usually uh Paul Rubens and um what's her name? Catherine oh, O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. They come out and they sing along mm-hmm. because not a lot of people know that he was also the voice of Jack Skellington in the singing parts. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Chris Sarandon voiced him as the actor. Right. Um, but Danny Elfman was. Yeah. So Danny Elfman's awesome. Yeah. I he love is. Danny Elfman. I love his music. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, getting back to Trent Reznor. <laughs> uh, Trent Reznor, you know, I've said before on this podcast many times, kind of my personal music hero. Uh, I just love the way, and it's cool now he's doing it for film. He's great at incorporating texture into music, which is one of my favorite elements, is where little nuances and little noises and Things that just sound out of place. He's kind of a master of no, doing that. He's won an Oscar, right? He yeah, he won an Oscar for his score to The Social Network, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which is also kind of cool. That was his first score, like the first score he ever did. Oscar. Yeah, Pretty I remember cool. when that movie came out, and I heard that Trent Reznor was doing the score. I was like, Trent Reznor. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. He's good. Um, he and did. Atticus, Atticus Ross is also in there too, right? Correct. Yeah, and we should mention. Yeah, all of his scores are actually Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who are the and people two. don't realize he's the other official member of Nine Inch Nails. Right, and he's been a member of Nine Inch Nails, I think, since like 2016, 2015, something like that. Yeah. But he Trent thought that he added so much to his music that he deserved to be a full time member of the mm-hmm. band. Yeah. That's, that's rare. Yeah, so those two collaborate on a bunch of movies. So they did uh, Gone Girl. Uh, they did Bird Box. Um, Bird Box. Actually, know. let's play a little bit of Bird Box. This is a track called Close Encounters. I do, yeah. And it came in. It comes in a box. Uh, <laughs> it's like I think it's like four a bird box. records. Uh, the it's funny the soundtrack. Like if you get it like on Apple Music or Spotify, it's only like it's it's short. But there's a, an expanded version. There's a bunch of music that wasn't used in the movie, and that's all on vinyl. But yeah, it comes in this box. The box has holes in it. it looks like a bird box. <laughs> but the one thing that's special about this, I don't. Have we talked about this on the podcast. I don't think on the podcast. The one thing that's special about this is some guy or girl, some buddy. Yeah. Like, figured out that there's, like, a secret compartment. Yeah, so if you pop out the bottom of the box, there's, like, an insert. But if you pop that out, there's actually bird feathers underneath it, and they're, like, covered in blood, and they smell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you pop, take them out? I haven't done that. You no, haven't even looked at it? I, I haven't. Oh, I haven't popped out the bottom. You haven't done it? No. Go get it. I, I Let's might. fucking do it. <laughs> All right, do it afterwards. Live on, on fucking podcast. <laughs> Pop it out. Pop that shit out. I want to see some bloody bird feathers. It that's, doesn't smell. That's definitely the addition to get. Do you want to do it? Yeah. All right. Let's well, do hold it. Hold on. If you were going to do it anyway. I'll go grab it. Fucking 
do it. All right, so David went up and got his. <laughs> now, did they say it was real blood? Oh, no, I don't think it's so. Re- it oh, come on, it's got it. That'd be cool, though. Does it smell? Uh, just smell on the outside of the box, no. <laughs> you smell smells it? like you Dave's wanna, house. You want to so sniff? No, it just smells like. It smells like a record. Cardboard. <laughs> All right, so got the. Quite the, it's quite the elaborate like packaging. Packaging. Yeah. So each record's got its own sleeve. sleeve. Yeah. I'll try to keep them in order here. Yeah, it's so meticulous. <laughs> it's gonna devalue this thing by about five thousand dollars. <laughs> like it's gonna come out tomorrow. It's like if you have this, it's worth. I think it's out of print. Like I think they sold out pretty quick. It was a limited edition, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. All right. So underneath all the albums, and there's, there's a download card. And then there's this. Um, it's a cardboard. Yeah, so it's kind of like it has, you know, how to use an album. Yeah, it says like <laughs> what each side is and all that stuff, and like what tracks are on there. But if you pop it out, and this might take a second. <laughs> Just do it. I can't. Uh, oh, you got to get under it. Get like a key. Yeah. Need <laughs> something really thin. Yeah, a little screwdriver. Uh, or that card. Use that card. There you go. They're coming. Yeah. Come on, you bastard. You rat you, bastard. You bird box bastard. Rip. <laughs> I got it. There you go. Right, here we go. Oh, oh there is. Look yeah. Look oh, there's like three feathers and they're bloody. Oh, gross. Oh, I'm gonna go. Now, does it smell? Uh, now I'm going for a smell. sniff. Hold on. It smells funny. I wouldn't say it necessarily stinks, but it is it has an odor. It smells like like cleaning solution. Alan, you want to sniff? Yes. It smells like like cheap cleaning solution you'd buy at like Big Lots. <laughs> it, it's very faint. Yeah, yeah. I was it expecting it to reek. Rotten. It's not bad. It doesn't smell bad. You sure that's not blood though? I'm, I'm sure it's not real it, blood. We're gonna send it into twenty three and me. I don't maybe know. It's, maybe it's Trent Reznor and Andy I've seen dried blood, blood before. It looks kind of like that. You remember like when Kiss like did their blood into the ink of their comic book? Ugh, there's blood all well, over the back there's of shit it. shit on the back, too. What does it say? Does it say the something? the back of the card? It's just credits. Oh. Yeah, but it's got blood all over it. Neat. Anyway, like Kiss, to be fucking metal, they fucking went to Marvel, I guess, where they were printing out their comic book, and they all like cut their finger and dropped blood into the ink. Kiss did a gimmick? I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> 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 oh, fucking Kiss. Anyway, that's really cool. That's really cool. And you you were saying that uh, Trent Reznor's done that before with Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, he's done that albums. with some of his other albums. Like, I mean, not the blood thing. But no, little, but there's like a couple that like when you open it, like there's like dirt and grime all over it, and it gets all over your hands. What I think is cool about this, the back of the album's not fully in there. What I think is cool about this is like you would never know. Like, who would have known to do that? Who would have known to pop that that cardboard off? <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, oh fuck, there's feathers in there. <laughs> But that's cool. That's a cool. Uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's what makes like the collecting of the, yeah, the, oh, yeah. the presentation, the yeah. packaging, the presentation, because then you can like yeah. show people this and they're like, oh, that looks fucking cool. The artwork is really cool sometimes, too. Like, yeah. like I said, on the Friday the 13th one, they got some really cool artwork on. Yeah. On those mm-hmm. um, part six. Uh, Jason lives. The mm-hmm. artwork on that there. artwork is really cool. Yeah, it's pretty rad. 
Um, um, go ahead. Uh, just one, one other thing too with uh, Reznor that they did was uh, they did uh, Reznor and Ross did a reimagining of John Carpenter's Halloween mm-hmm. theme. So it wasn't used in the new movie, okay. but it was released right around the same time. Um, and it's pretty cool, and it kind of just puts their spin on the music. So yeah. here's a, here's an excerpt of that. It's been a while since I've heard that, but I remember now how much I really like it. It's really cool. And I love how like yeah. nothing happens like for like the first almost minute of the song is almost yeah. silence. And I remember like turning it up really loud. And then when the music started, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like, you know, to kind of put a bookend on this conversation uh, for today, I think the important thing to the important thing that we learned today guys (laughs) um no uh i think coming from someone who isn't necessarily and i'll speak on behalf of the people that like aren't necessarily like into music in that way aren't musicians don't really have a lot of affection for uh, or, or necessarily appreciation for that i think just listening to it more i gained such an appreciation for it all too often we want songs we want lyrics. We want to be able to sing along to fucking, you know. The man behind the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's catchy. Uh-huh. And he's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> don't, hey, don't spoil anything. Um, but it's important to, well, it's not important. You don't have to do this. But if you do listen to this, I think listening to these songs, you, you start gaining an appreciation. Don't You don't need lyrics. You don't mm-hmm. need that but you can listen to the different things and whether you're like oh i'm a guitarist so i'm gonna listen to this because it's got a cool guitar track or i play uh keyboards uh i can listen to this and listen to the fucking you know synthesizer and all Mm -hmm. that other kind of shit or uh, i play the theremin (laughs) no one does i think Um, it's cool to diversify yourself of course and and if you're interested in like there's a theremin in this room (laughs) i know i've been looking at it this entire day um but the other thing is is like uh the you don't have to buy the vinyl. You can go on YouTube and just search these albums out. Oh, yeah. And they have like full albums. Like you can just listen to the full album. Yeah. Or if you have Apple Music, you can go on to Apple Music or Pandora or something and look up these composers and find like different gems that you've never heard before. And you're like, oh shit, that is a really good song. Or or I need a song that will help me like just relax and chill yeah. out. Or I need something that to play yeah. like if i'm having a halloween party yeah put yeah. on some creepy music <laughs> put on some creepy music. i think people are, are perhaps so accustomed to just hearing this music from movies that they see you're right there's so much available out there and they take 
a life on their own. You don't really have to watch the movie just to hear the music. And you don't even have to like the movie. I yeah. proved that. And they like. they stand they stand on their own. Like they're such great releases. Well, it's so cool. Like when you see a movie where the music is so effective that you immediately are like, I want that. I want that score. Like that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I like a lot of this classical or not classical. Well, I love classical music, but I, I love these classic horror films with you know. But a recent one I really like was Beyond the Black Rainbow. That was the one that yes. yep. I was really impressed by recently as well. So, I mean, you know. Oh, that opening, like, dilating eye yeah. track? Oh, yeah. We should play a little bit of that. Yeah, why not? Why the hell not? And the lighthouse, that has some good music in it too. Yeah, Mark Corvin. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, put a little bit. Beyond of the Black in. Rainbow was uh, Sonoya Caves, or Caves. We still caves. don't know. <laughs> I like saying Caves. Caves. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Caves, but yeah. Somebody, um, somebody, tell us. Uh, another one, and then we'll still say Caves. Yeah, it just sounds like more like exotic. <laughs> I know yeah. Sonoya Caves. Uh, another one is uh, the score to um, uh, It Follows. Oh, yeah, that yeah. music was so effective and mm-hmm. just creepy, and yeah, I mean, we like could go on and on. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, and you know, there's so much like we haven't covered. There's so much out there, but you know, we're we're we we have a time constraint. But you know, <laughs> there's so much out there. Maybe we'll revisit this. Who knows? One thing we got to mention too, though, is that David, mm-hmm. our very own oh, swear wolf. Oh shucks, guys. <laughs> uh, you are a musician, as everybody knows, and you did the theme song. And the outro, the intro and the <laughs> outro to the Swearwolves podcast. There's actually a Swearwolves album, um, yeah. which is music inspired by stuff we've talked about mm-hmm. on uh, the Swearwolves and movies that we've talked about. Um, but Was there you, a cover of Shocker? <laughs> Dude, there's missed no- opportunity. There totally should have been a track called Shocker. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I thought you did. No. There's no track? There's no track called Shocker. <laughs> I think I requested it, but... Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe next time. You don't Maybe volume two. Maybe volume two. Maybe volume two. But that is out now, and you can listen to that on iTunes, um, yeah, Stitcher. Yeah, Spotify, Spotify. Or not Stitcher, but... Oh, Spotify. Yeah, anywhere you stream music, Amazon Music, YouTube. Yeah. Um, is is there a way you can describe your sound? Like we know you're a big fan of of Reznor, of Nine Inch Nails. Does that uh, play, oh, yeah. a, play a big That's part? It's definitely an influence. I'd say uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and like John Carpenter are probably like our biggest influences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we we have a band together, so that's its own animal. But the instrumental that's Thirty Fathom Grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't done anything in a while. I don't know if we'll do another one. I don't know. Uh, we've kind of been in this mode of trying to do instrumental stuff and stuff that's more film inspired. Yeah. But um, I guess, yeah, we try to use a lot of um, a lot of synthesizers. There's still guitars, but it's usually a little bit more minimal. It's not quite out in front. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying earlier about texture, we try to incorporate a lot of textures and weird sounds. So like if you're listening in headphones, lots of things that y- you might pick something up every time you listen to it, you might hear something else. So try to do some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I really dig like I listen to the Swearwolves album often also. That's another one that I go to uh to listen to when I just need to do stuff at work. Thank I have you. my headphones in and I just like <laughs> listen to it. I just dream really... away, man. I need the royalties. <laughs> <laughs> do you get royalties? Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, no matter where I listen to? Yeah, if you're streaming it, yeah, those plays count. Sweet. Yeah, thank you. I'll just keep listening. <laughs> just keep um, it on a loop. <laughs> but, um, and we'll, but, we'll post a link too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or yeah, you or you can just search the Swearwolves soundtrack. Yeah, uh, if you search the Swearwolves on any streaming service, or if you uh, type in Aaron Moya and David Thompson, that's me. Um, it yeah. should come up that way. And then you guys are working on another album. Yeah, right now. Yeah, kind of as we not as we speak, but kind of. As <laughs> I'm we doing speak. it right now. <laughs> Playing a theremin right here, which is more a sci-fi inspired yeah. rather than horror. Uh Yeah, so we kind of set a lofty goal of we want to do four albums of original music this year, uh, and each one, so quarterly, have a new one come out, and each one have a different theme. So the first one is science fiction, kind of spacey, dreamy kind of stuff, and then we're already planning the one after that, and that one's going to be almost the exact opposite. It's going to be very destructive and doom and gloom apocalyptic stuff. Nice. And then you guys were working on, and I don't know if you want me to mention this, so you can cut this out. (laughs) <laughs> but you were working on a score for um, Nosferatu. Yeah, um, and that's something we did. Um, we had some time off around the holidays, and we scored about 15 minutes or so of it. Um, we kind of hit the pause button on that when we started working on this new album. We got distracted. We're like, hey, we, we, while we were working on that, we kind of stumbled on to what would become the album that we're currently doing. So once this is done, uh, well, we, we have three other albums we're going to work on, but we'll, <laughs> in our spare time, if we have any, uh, we plan to revisit that and hopefully release. Uh, and the full I've always score. thought that would be a good idea. Um, and I think I don't want to take credit for this, but I think I mentioned to you a while back, like, hey, you should watch some yeah. of these old silent films and sc- make a score for them. It was a good idea because, uh, you know, music is a good part of watching movies, as we've already discussed. But it's definitely those old silent films, like you have to have something to listen to. And, uh, you know, back in the day, there would be someone there playing music along to the movie, mm-hmm. like live yep. in the theater. Right. And uh, we don't have that anymore. So if you watch some of these old um, uh, silent f- films, there's brand new scores. Like if you get the DVDs of it, sometimes there's scores by different bands. Mm-hmm. I know there's been some. Uh, there's been some pretty popular. Even like uh, Nosferatu, I think Typo Negative. Did Typo a Negative. Yeah. yeah, they did a they did a score to it. So, but just watching the movie and getting inspired by the scenes that are happening, and, mm-hmm. and you sent me kind of some rough tracks of that and I listened to it on my head my wife play the movie yeah as I was listening to what you had said <laughs> and it and it kind of matched up I you know there's a little bit of you know weirdness on there so um <laughs> because you got two devices but anyway we uh we watched the first 15 minutes of the movie and I really I really dug it so oh, thanks, I man. hope you do as you get <laughs> yeah, back I'd like to, to finish that. it cuz I would like to uh you know be able to like show that to people or have that as a companion yeah so people can uh listen to an option that yeah Yeah, i definitely want to finish that project yeah that'll be cool we'll finish it (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing talking to us (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll get to it yeah and i and i think it's also important to, to to also talk about the fact that in these movies you know, it's not always about the original score. It's about original songs that get made for these movies too. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even cover like, like Dokken. <laughs> oh yeah, or, Nightmare uh, Three. Yeah, or um, that's one of my favorites. I actually really like the Alice <laughs> Dream Cooper. Warriors. I love that track. I like the Alice Cooper track, "The Man Behind the Mask." I love that. It's no. good. <laughs> I, yeah. I dig it. And there are some horror movies that just have good soundtracks that may right. not necessarily be known for score, like uh, yeah. Demon Knight, the Tales from the Crypt movie. That soundtrack's awesome. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's some there's some good soundtracks uh, out there too. So, but if you have a favorite 
musical score composer uh anything and you want us to talk about that person a little bit more just drop us a line uh or if you have any questions whatsoever for uh any of the swear wolves you can contact us a myriad of different ways yeah you can follow us on twitter we are the swear wolves we're also on instagram as the swear wolves podcast uh, we're the swear wolves on facebook and the slasher app uh, we also have the swear wolves youtube channel uh, or you can visit our website, theswearwolves.com, and drop a message there. Or if you'd prefer email, our email address is swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. So for the Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. This has been WLVS Radio. Signing <laughs> off. <laughs> Tonight's episode calls for a different type of introduction. Three men. Three wolves. No. <laughs> three bitches. Three <laughs> cock-sucking motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>